Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show, it's a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as On Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk New French Edition. I'm a 43-year-old, and I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is two and a half, and Nathan, who is almost one. Today, we're talking about sprains, strains, and growing pains. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and mom to Hudson and Madeline. Hudson is just over two years and Madeline, oh my goodness, is two months already. Wow. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Julie Paul. I'm a pediatric physiotherapist at Kids Physio Group um, and I'm the expert today to talk about kids' injuries. Well, thank you ladies for being here. So Julie, What is the difference between a sprain, strain, and growing pains? Um, so a sprain would be an injury to a ligament, so something like spraining your ankle, um, which a lot of us have done. Um, strains are something that happens to a muscle, typically, or a tendon, um, which attaches to a muscle. So it will kind of like, you know, pulling your hamstring or pulling your groin, you hear people say. Um, so that's more of like a muscle injury. Um, and then growing pains, kids tend to experience near their joints. So a really common one would be near the knee, just below the kneecap, um, along the kind of the tendon just below the knee, um, or along the heel. So where the Achilles tendon attaches into the bone of the heel, uh, the bone of the foot. Um, and that would be, kids would experience those during um, and after growth spurts. So when the bones are growing, The muscles sort of can't keep up and then tend to pull on different areas, causing pain. Is there any way to help them with that pain? Absolutely, yeah. So um, at Kids Physio Group, we, um, the physiotherapists um, there, we try to work on finding the cause of the issue. So not only is there going to be, um, you know, a difference in how the muscles are at working or starting to sort of fire or activate Um, that can change as the kids are growing. And it's also just a coordination issue. The muscles may not be communicating in the same way uh, with the brain. And so we want to get those muscles working a little bit quicker and a little bit sharper and just teaching those kids about how to move their bodies well and how to, how to activate different muscles with exercise. I personally never had, believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> I never strain anything. I never sprain anything. I I'm a very short person. I don't think so. I, I never had, I don't recall having <laughs> growing pains. I don't know if it's because I'm short. But I think, Heather, you have, right? So I do you want to share? Yes, <laughs> all of the above. As both a child and an adult, um, I was a dancer and a gymnast. And also as an adult, I'm a gymnastics coach. Oh, boy. So <laughs> I have had many. Um, I kind of joke that my ankles are just shot to this day because they've been strained and sprained <laughs> so many times. I've broken bones in my foot. I've twisted my knees. I have pulled muscles. <laughs> I have um, had issues with shoulders, my wrists. 
pretty much all my joints. Um, and the other thing that I always had to deal with as a child and as an adult is I have hypermobile joints. So I don't have a lot of stability in my joints. And that's led to a lot of my injury as well, unfortunately. And growing up, you didn't go to a physio for these things. So mm. I, you know, my parents gave me some ice, gave me some heat, told me to put my foot up or whatever it was. And so I don't think I ever, you know, got the the strength back properly or got the proper recovery. So as an adult, I deal with a lot more aches and pains, especially. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a, just it, right? You kind of feel like your body's like, oh, I got bad everything, right? Um, and that's what we're trying to, at Kids Physio, teach these kids, right? They come in with these growing pains or even the acute injuries that happen to them. And we want to teach them that it's not something that you have to live with, right? It's not something that, oh, I always have that bad knee that I have to tensor bandage in gymnastics for the rest of my life when you're only 12 years old, right? We, um, we can actually resolve those injuries. And, and a lot of the time it's an, an issue with, you know, the receptors that might be within the muscle or within the ligament itself. And the receptor is sending, you know, improper signals to the brain, making the muscles around the area weaker. And so if we can reorganize those uh, receptors and get better communication along the pathway to the muscles and to the joints and to the ligaments nearby, there is more awareness and more stability from the brain. Um, that technique that I use is called proprioceptive deep tendon reflex or PDTR. Um, a lot of the physios also use other techniques like manual therapy or neurokinetic therapy, NKT, which is another strategy to do motor control and sort of muscle awareness and um, improving that um, connectedness of the muscles to the brain. Um, and then we also do a lot of education on, you know, not exercising when you have an injury not working through pain. Don't just wrap it and keep going. You know, pay attention to what your body's feeling and learn the language of your body to say, okay, this is a normal muscle pain, like fatigue. This is an injury pain. This is getting worse. This is in the wrong place. I shouldn't have pain here. You know, this is something that I need to see my doctor about. You know, those are things that we try to give um, our patients the tools to have so that they don't need to see us as often and they can be empowered to take care of their own injuries themselves. And how do you teach this to children? Yeah, so it varies, right? So the really young kids, we try to talk about, you know, maybe red light, yellow light, green light. How does that feel? Mm -hmm. um, as the kids get older, it's, you know, how's that pain on a scale of zero to 10? Zero is no pain. 10 is the worst pain imaginable. Um, using pain language, describing it, helping the parents to, to even probe them and don't just say, oh, does that hurt? But say, well, what does that feel like? Does it feel like bruise, like it's achy, like it's stretching? Because if we use the language around them um, to help educate them on their injuries, then they can be more articulate when they are telling us what's wrong. Um, and another thing too is, is letting the kids notice themselves over time. Um, and not talking about your own injuries as a parent, because sometimes the kids can say, oh yeah, my neck pain, my back pain. And then maybe we find that that's something that the parents have, um, and the kids aren't actually injured. So that's, um, an important thing to note as well. As a parent, if you're chronically suffering, let's say from back pain or neck pain, so what you're suggesting here, it's maybe not to share it with your children so they Just don't... watch your language. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's We don't want them to point. mirror you, right? Yeah. Um, to an extent. I mean, of course you can say, oh, you know, I fell and hurt my back. 
But if you notice that your child's starting to mirror some of your behaviors or you tend to be always talking about your back pain, I mean, or how your joints are immobile or how you have flat feet, sometimes you'll find the kids say, oh, well, you know, yeah, I have flat feet and hypermobile joints too because my parents do. But it's not always genetic in that way. You know, we have kids who they get sent to us with flat feet and they actually can activate their arches fine. So it's not actually the true problem. So when children has flat feet, is that contribute to any like injuries like that? Um, well, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a range um, and there's different schools of thought on what flat feet is and how to treat it. Um, so for me personally, we look at, um, I would look at the feet when the children are sitting, um, when they're standing, so when they're weight bearing and how much they can activate their own foot muscles. How aware are they of their foot and their body posture? I would probably also watch them balancing on one foot and jumping up and down and walking and running and just see, is it that there's just a low muscle tone, like neurologically, there's just like not a lot of stability in those muscles and there's not a lot of activation happening, or is it just in certain positions, muscles are weaker, which may be demonstrating poor posture. Mm. What are your thoughts on supportive footwear and orthotics for foot pain? Um, well, there's, you know, there's different um, reasons that you would get, um, you know, supportive footwear, so more rigid shoes or um, orthotics to, to support your arches. Um, for me personally and the patients that I see, my goal would be, um, you know, find out the cause of the issue. If the foot pain's present, sometimes the issue might be in a muscle further away from the foot and not even nearby. Or maybe I would be using um, PDTR, so the proprioceptive deep tendon reflex treatment in the areas of the foot. Maybe there's issues with the signaling that's happening with um, those structures in the foot. Um, so I'll be working uh, with the muscles that control the foot, the foot itself, muscles further away, things in the pelvis. If, the, if nothing works after that, you know, and this child still has pain and they need to get through their activities... Sure, yes, you know, that might be appropriate for them to get um, orthotics, but that would be a short-term solution for me. My goal for them would be to have less supportive footwear, to have more activation of the foot muscles and build strength in the feet, and then, you know, the goal of getting rid of the orthotics. Just re hearing about this kind of talk about orthotics and feet and muscles and all this reminds me of actually um, when I was little, I don't know exactly what the issue was, but um, when I was around the age of one, something to do with my feet and they were turned in and something like the muscles were short or something. So the, we, I had to get my shoes from the hospital. This is, of course, back in 1978. So they were these white leather baby shoes, but they looked like they were on the wrong feet and there was a metal bar between my feet. Mm -hmm. And I literally had to learn to walk with a bar between my feet. <laughs> they were attached with each they other. They were attached. And that like, might have been more if there was a hip problem as well versus if it was just related to the feet. I was told it was just my feet. And then after that, I had to wear special shoes. <laughs> I was always told. Like I didn't, like it was until I was probably maybe around eight or nine that I actually finally got to go and buy regular shoes. But it's just interesting to think like nowadays how they would look at things and mm -hmm. how much more knowledge we have now and physios and things like that. And yeah, I just feel like it was probably very archaic. What they were doing well, yeah, I mean, feet. the thing is too, I mean, like you mentioned, you didn't have a pediatric physiotherapist, right? Well, so we're specialized in the way to 
to be able to assess these children and see, okay, is there an issue with their, their bones of their leg, you know, twisting the wrong way too much? And is it a bone problem or is it a way that the muscles controlling how the bones move? And is it something in terms of the posture that they're sitting in? You know, are the kids sitting in a W when they're on the ground? Because it's not preferred. We'd want them to play in a squat or sit crisscross, applesauce, right? So sometimes even just those strategies when we assess children who are well coming into our clinic and the parents are just wanting a screen to say, hey, do they look like they're moving okay? Sometimes we can tease out those things that maybe you wouldn't see or maybe that you might have questions about. So you're suggesting when we sit down and play with our babies or our children um, to cross their legs. Yeah, if you're going to sit on the ground cross-legged, but playing in a squat is even better because kids should be able to, like if they're on the beach playing in the sand or if they're at home, they should be able to hold a squat. That's building a lot of strength in their yeah, legs and hips. natural for children, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex does that a lot, yeah. definitely. I notice sometimes children, when they walk, they walk like the feet like pointing out or some other ones, they walk the feet pointing in. I'm always wondering, like, I mean, we talk about hip issues before, but if you te- if you walk and your, your feet are not pointing forward, it's more dangerous to twist something, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, for some kids, you know, if they're one years old, you know, just learning to walk, let them kind of find their yeah. way. But if they're three, four, five years old and there's still like a rotation issue happening, there's usually something that we can do to address it at physio. Mm-hmm. So is stretching helpful to loosen tight muscles? Um, well, there's different schools of thought on that one as well. Um, <laughs> so personally, I'm not a huge proponent of stretching myself. Um, I mm. find that in the patients that I treat, if the muscles are tight, they're tight for a reason. So I like to find that reason. Um, and that might be determining other muscles that are weak that the tight muscle might be compensating for, or it could be um, the muscles not releasing because it's being protective from an injury, or it's just tight from after an injury. Um, so in terms of just stretching as a treatment, not super effective um, just for the flexibility component of it, unless there's um, the reasoning might be if you're trying to gain range of motion as a dancer, stretching would help reduce how painful it would be at the end range of movement. So, you know, if you're going into the splits, for us, it would hurt right away. But as you start to stretch, you decrease the brain's sort of signaling to say, hey, that's the end of the movement. That's too far for me. So you get more used to being at that range of motion. Um, That's where stretching can be appropriate. Hmm. And uh, how is it different than at adult and children treatment? At kids' physio? Um, well, so, I mean, not only are we finding the cause of the issue, giving the kids exercise, but, um, we make it fun for them. So maybe we're not just giving them banded ankle exercises, squats, or wobble board. Maybe we're playing a game in the jungle where there's alligators and we have to cross a rickety bridge and avoid monkeys swinging in the trees. And then we bend down and collect leapfrogs or something, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we turn it into a game to make it fun for them. Um, if they're really young like that, or maybe we're making it catered to their sport. So we're focusing on dance movements for dancers or, you know, working into different stretch positions with exercise to strengthen in the end range of movement um, or getting, uh, you know, those baseball players, maybe we're working on strengthening with an exercise band to resist the throwing motion of a pitcher. Um, 
But the biggest thing as well, too, is that we're also working with them one-on-one for the entire time they're at physio. Um, we, we're not working between patients. There's only me and another patient for the full 45-minute session, um, which is very different because um, in an adult clinic, you'd send the adult to work on their own and maybe have supervision from a kinesiologist. But at Kids Physio, you know, those kids need cueing the entire time. Kids need more attention, um, not only just to sort of help them be motivated and encourage them, but also to teach them how to move their bodies well, demonstrate for them, um, and help them be able to carry it out properly. I can see how different it is, Mm -hmm. even just to explain what to do. And Mm -hmm. So Julie, what do you want parents to understand about sprains, strains, and groin pains? Um, well, I guess the biggest thing would be um, to make sure that your children aren't continuing their exercise with an injury that ends up worsening. You know, we don't want their injuries to become chronic when there is a way to treat them and help them right away um, and educate them on what that pain is like and when it's more severe of an injury or when it's okay to push through. You know, we're not a proponent of, you know, no pain, no gain, keep going, no, <laughs> you're just going to have to sit out longer and miss more games later. I can just imagine uh, not <laughs> being a good, <laughs> a good way to go. Yes, definitely not. So Julie, can you be a little bit more specific about growing pains? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, the kids might present uh, with knee pain that's just not going away and they've gone to their doctor, they've told them it's growing pains, they say stretch it maybe or that they'd grow out of it. But we're finding that these kids are still coming back three, four months later and they're like, well, you know, the doctor said we get better and we didn't go see anyone until now and this pain is still here and it's worse. And we, we're finding that, yes, the tendons um, that attach to the muscles are, you know, sore and they're, they're causing pain for the kids when they're running or playing their sports. But there's also usually issues within the muscles themselves that are attached Um, in terms of the muscles activating or not activating, I should say. So for example, knee pain is a huge one and so is heel pain. Um, Heel pain is probably more common and there's usually an issue in the ankle itself, in the muscles of the shin bone area, like the calves or the, the, the side of the shin. And if we get those muscles working properly to stabilize the ankle and, and communicate more with the brain, then there's less pulling on the tendon because that muscle is maybe not overactive or underactive. So typically if there is that growing pain, it is appropriate to bring your children to physio because there's something that we can do about it. It's good to know, right? Very good to know. Especially for, uh, I'm sure all of us as growing uh, little little children. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can find Julie on our panel of expert at parenttalk.ca, but Julie, where else can we find you? Um, yeah, if you go to www.kidsphysio.ca, I'll be in the section of our team as one of the physiotherapists. I also have my own Instagram, uh, physio underscore Julie, where I'll post sometimes courses I've taken or just education pieces. Um, and then you can also email me at julie at kidsphysio.ca. And I'm also on LinkedIn as Julie Paul. Awesome. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. Can you please Fantastic. pick one and read it to us? All right, ladies. So question of the day. If you had the time and resources, what kind of volunteer work would you like to do? Hmm, that's a tricky one. 
I would kind of want to be a Sherpa. <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> I would want to, if I had the resources, meaning other Sherpas and the strength training to be strong enough to go on hikes and carry stuff all day. You must like hiking, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually without knowing, I hired one when I was doing the Machu Picchu, like yeah. like Inca Trail. Yeah. At the beginning, it's pretty cheap, but when you're up there, it's more expensive. So the people I was with them, uh, I heard I, I was the only girl. So I heard someone right from the beginning. And later on, they, they, some of the guys paid a lot more money <laughs> than I did. Right, yeah. <laughs> And for you, Heather? Um, for me, I would love to work with children in Africa. I had a friend, um, actually another former owner of a Chimbri Play Music in Calgary. She um, went over to Africa with some of the different props and music and things like that from Chimbri and did some programs with children. And I just think like that would be an amazing experience. And I just remember seeing the pictures and the way she was able to light up the children's faces and play is universal. And I would just love to kind of be able to have that experience and share know some fun times with the kids over there yeah. okay i yeah. changed my answer world peace <laughs> <laughs> world peace definitely <laughs> i think for me it would be something in the same line uh, i can definitely contribute as a hygienist any anywhere um there's quite a few missions in my field too people go to different places and bring like mobile uh dental equipments and treat a lot of children and even adults mm -hmm. in very poor countries. I think sometimes at some point I should definitely contribute to something like that. Give back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Julie. My pleasure. Thank you, Heather, for being yes, here. And um, thank you for taking the time to contribute in other parents' lives. For our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can subscribe to this podcast on our website or on iTunes so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. And please review us on iTunes. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Thank you, everybody, for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.